program called Slink. But first, our top story takes a look at Travel Center's most recent earnings report, and John Kingston is here to help us break it down. John, thanks so much for joining us this morning. How are you? Glad to, glad to be here. I was wrong the other day. I said I'd be here to talk about the employment report, but I missed the fact that it's next week, not this week, even though the last one was four weeks ago. So I apologize for that. We'll talk to you next Friday. That's all good. We'll, we'll get employment numbers then. We're still talking numbers today, just in a totally different capacity. We've got TCA Travel Centers of America. Their earnings report is up and in. And interesting, considering that we just heard the news about BP and their interest in TA last week. What can you tell us about what's going on with their earnings? Well, I'm going to miss these earnings reports when they disappear into BP and they won't be a publicly traded company anymore. Um, what what I actually didn't really look at that much of the uh, earnings report, and they did not have a conference call like they normally did because of the pending BP acquisition. But the number that I went right to was their gross fuel margin. Now, let's point out that this is not just a diesel margin. Gasoline is in there as well. But the figures on gasoline sales, gasoline is only about 12% of all the total gallons sold at TA. So pretty much this is a diesel number. And it's really pretty amazing. Um, the average per gallon gross margin at TA was 27.3 cents in the fourth quarter. Um, excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong thing. It's 20, 29 cents, over 29 cents in the fourth quarter. It was over 27 cents in the second quarter. And those were the, 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 the by far the biggest numbers I'd seen in going back several years. That spread tends to be around you know, 15, 16 cents a gallon. And, you know, fuel for convenience stores or truck centers is always sort of this thing to bring people in and then hopefully sell them other stuff. And that's how you make their money. They know, they're not really designed to make a lot of their money on fuel. Uh, fuel is really like a kind of a come on. But what's happened is that these markets are so crazy right now. These diesel markets are so nuts. And you had such a significant downshift and then an upturn and then another downfall in diesel prices that all happened very rapidly, that the wholesale prices will track those rapid declines uh, in the uh, futures market, but the retail prices are not. And if, in, in case somebody thinks that there's something nefarious about this, yes, on the one hand, a, a station owner will always try to hold their fuel prices as high as they can for a, the, as long as they can, but they're just not kind of mentally, I won't say mentally equipped, but mentally oriented toward really rapid changes in their price, either up or down, that's just not the way the business is. So what's happened is, you know, in the in the fourth quarter of the year, you had a significant downturn in the price of, of diesel futures and diesel wholesale as a result, and retail just wasn't coming in at anywhere quite the same level. The result is you made a lot of money. Now, let me point out that I have no reason to believe that those kind of margins that TA reported are any different anywhere else. Uh, I think just the fourth quarter was really, really profitable for retailing diesel, and it tends not to be. So there you see that chart, and that's going back over the last two years. So you can see where the fourth quarter of last year and the second quarter of last year really stuck out with numbers well above uh, well above what they've been. Uh, the question is, did this matter to BP? And I would assume not. I think they know enough about markets to know that what happened last year with retail margins was probably a one-off very unlikely to be repeated, and that their their calculations of what they're going to make at TA when they bring it into the fold do not include fuel margins of 27, 28, 29 cents a gallon. So, John, we've got our big three kind of diesel fueling stations. We've got Pilot Flying J, you've got Loves, and you've got TA. Where does this put them in competition with those other three? Do we know what their margins look like at all? 
No, we don't because they're private. In fact, the one, one story we're going to work on today is apparently Berkshire Hathaway lifted its stake in Pilot uh, recently from about 40% to 80%, um, and then uh, Loves is privately held. But there's really no reason to believe that they would have anything different. I mean, they've all got to be competitive at roughly the same retail level. They're all acquiring wholesale fuels at roughly the same costs. So I'm sure if we had the margins for Loves and and uh, and uh, and Pilot and other chains too, they're probably all about there. I think really the conclusion is that the the trucking, the, the, let's say the retail fuels industry had a really good fourth quarter. And John, is there any expectation that the operations would change or shift a little bit after the BP acquisition is final? No, except, you know, I think that there'd probably be a more rapid rollout of alternative fuels. You'll probably see a lot more charging stations at TA. But, you know, TA is not, as I mentioned, gasoline sales are only 12% of the total gallons there. Um, if they're going to put in electric charging stations as part of their long-term strategy on the uh, the energy transition, they got to get cars in there. You know, not, the, the, the TA centers are not really set up um, to uh, to bring in cars. I think a lot of car owners might be a little intimidated by going into this uh, going into this center where they have this like little piddly vehicle next to these gigantic eighteen wheelers. So, um, you know, I think that it's probably going to be a long term plan for that. Uh, but charging stations would probably be one of the first ones to do, one of the easiest ones to do. Yeah, for sure. Let's pivot a little bit. And I know we said we weren't talking about jobs today. Well, let's talk about job losses. We've got truckstop.com being now the latest company to announce some layoffs. Not a whole lot of details yet just about what's going on here, but can you give us any clarity? Not really. Uh, you know, I put pretty much everything I had into the story. The one thing that, that we kept out of the story, I guess maybe we can be a little looser here on TV, is that there was a discussion of it on the Boise Slack or the Boise subreddit. Uh, in Reddit, you know, for, uh, Truck Stop is based in Boise, so their people are all over the place. Somebody there said it was a bloodbath. Now, who, who knows what a bloodbath is? You know, whether it's 2%, I mean, it may seem a bloodbath if many of your, if a lot of your friends got it, but percentage-wise, it might not be a lot. The statement that Truck Stop put out was, you know, just really had very little to say in it about, you know, we're always re, re, recalculating what we need to do and we're restructuring to provide a better uh, program for the future. So kind of typical corporate stuff. Um, but no, I don't have any details on it, uh, except that uh, they've got lots of company. And John, with Truck Stop really being um, somewhat active in the flatbed area, does this kind of show any kind of indication to, <clears throat> excuse me, some kind of weakness happening with that trailer type? Um, I, I really wouldn't know that. Uh, I mean, that's, that's an interesting theory. I, I did cover the um, the Craig and Zach show last week. You know, the the uh, webinar that Craig and Craig Fuller and Zach Strickland do on the, the state of freight. And, you know, they were talking about all the layoffs and the logistics so exploded uh, in the, the, the wake of the pandemic in 2021 and 2022 that lots of companies added lots of people and really on the tech side. And a lot of tech companies did as well. And they're making cuts. I think one of the more interesting pieces that I read, wait, where did I read it? It was yesterday. Um, maybe Axios, but uh, and I think it all kind of ties in that that the tech industry is still waiting for its next moonshot. You know, you think about some of the things that we take for granted now, like search. Okay, um, you know that was huge. Google was enormous and, and followed up on what Yahoo had done, and they're looking to make this next big hit. And one of the things that has not really happened that much is package delivery by drone. Well, Amazon was one of the companies that cut in logistics, and one of the areas to cut in. Was this drone program? 
So um, I think, you know, you there's a lot of tech people hired in order to, for that next great moonshot that was going to turn technology upside down. It hasn't happened. The great thing for the rest of the economy is that so many other companies are looking for experienced tech people, not necessarily to go to the moon, but just for more mundane technology goals. And there's going to be a surplus of people available to fill those roles. Got to survive on Earth before you can get it up to the moon. John, thanks for joining us this morning. I guess we'll hear from you next week for employment numbers. And we've got Drilling Deep popping up this afternoon, correct? We do. It's a good one, too. It's about bankruptcies, really. The uh, Listen in. Uh, Kevin Capucci of the Benish Law Firm. Really, really uh, this, this is not just posting. It was one of the better interviews that, that we've had. Awesome, John. Well, looking forward to that episode. And thank you so much for joining us this morning. You too.